Please be advised that this episode may contain strong language and spoilers. Hello and welcome to What the Forks, a podcast in which we revisit a teenage obsession, Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. We are still finding out if our love for this series will shine eternal or crumble to ash under close inspection. I'm Isaac. And I'm Chloe. And in this episode, we're talking about chapter 17 of the novel Life and Death, Twilight Reimagined. I'm tired, Chloe. And you know what is not helping? What? Keanu the dog. Yeah, well, I feel that. That was me yesterday with Mr. G. Uh, I feel like maybe it's a symptom of lockdown, but all we seem to talk about anymore on this podcast is our pets. (laughs) Honestly, yesterday... I felt like I was a 1950s housewife and I'd had enough because both my housemates had gone to work. I was tired. I'd been up with the baby all morning. I'd fed the baby. <laughs> I'd cleaned up the baby's shit twice. The baby wouldn't leave me alone and was so needy. I had to sleep on my fucking chest. And then they come home and he's all cute and lovely. And I'm like, you don't understand. I was so tired. So we got him fixed last week. And it's all been, it's all gone very well. But the problem is at the moment that he doesn't realise that anything has happened to him. Which is a good thing in a way, because he loves going to the vets. He's still quite young, he's under a year. I thought that this might be a negative experience that would knock his confidence or, or make him not want to go to the vets or not feel as happy to approach people like he is now. Um, no, it's changed nothing. He's completely forgotten that anything has happened to him. He doesn't realise that he has stitches. But we're not allowed to walk him for as long as we normally would. He's not supposed to be jumping up at things or doing too much exercise because he's, you know, had surgery. He's got like a little wound with some stitches and he doesn't know this and he's bouncing off the walls and there's nothing we can do with him. So it's just, um, it's been tough. Oh, well, that's our lives. I feel like we're so low energy. I'm just really itching to dye my hair. Like I am a mess and I just need my hair to be dyed. I understand. I empathise. But then also, is this not a perfect time to just revel in the mess? No, I can't do what... that. You know what I'm like? No. No? No, no. Look, look. you could grow out like some fancy Carrie Bradshaw roots or no, like... No, not with ginger hair. Why not? It would look horrendous. No one can ever say that during this lockdown, I didn't keep my roots going. <laughs> okay. So I will tell you now the plot of chapter 17. Okay. The game. So it is still Sunday the 20th of March 2005. (laughs) The longest day we have had in this book, I think. Edith drops Beau back to Charlie's house where Bonnie and Jules are waiting for him. Bonnie wants to warn Charlie of Beau's involvement with the Cullens, but Beau convinces her that it is none of her business as long as Beau feels safe. When Charlie arrives home, Beau makes dinner and tells Charlie that he is dating Edith Cullen. When Edith arrives to pick Beau up for the Cullen family baseball game, Charlie is impressed. Edith helps Beau into her monster truck and drives them out of town, then piggybacks him to a large clearing on the side of a mountain. While the rest of the family play baseball, Ernest chats to Beau about how he attempted suicide after his two-year-old daughter died. The game suddenly halts when Archie has a vision that the group of nomadic, people-eating vampires that we heard about two chapters ago are in the area and coming to join the game. After a quick family meeting, it is decided that the best course of action is to act natural and hope that the new vampires don't notice Bo. And that is where we leave Chapter 17, 
the game. Fucking hell, that was a whole palaver. I know, the plots get harder the more tired you are. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, you know what happens. He was a boy, she was a 104-year-old vampire. (laughs) Could I make it any more obvious? All right, let's (sighs) let's dive in to the game. (laughs) Supermassive black hole! (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Right from the beginning of the chapter, Bonnie Black returns. Do you think Bonnie's intention is that Charlie will arrive first and then she'll talk to Charlie first? I think that was the plan. It's a Sunday, so I think she was hoping to find Charlie at home and to have shared her concern. I don't know exactly what she would have said. Would this not have caused another argument between her and Charlie? Probably. Yeah, they've only just been making up for the time he chewed her out. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Also, I think it's the kind of thing, you know, when you've got like a great plan or you just really passionately like, you know what? No, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And you get there and you're in the actual situation and you're like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) There is no way for her to warn Charlie without telling him that the Cullens are vampires. Because she's already tried just doing the vagary of they're just no good and he chewed her out. (laughs) So she would have to tell him that they're vampires. He's not going to believe her. She'd then have to go into the whole... Wolf history. Yeah. And then she'll end up, I don't know, getting carted off for psychiatric evaluation. Yeah, I'm not sure this was the wisest move no. of Bonnie's. No. Unless she did mean to speak to Bo, because Bo has the knowledge of what's but going she on, but then didn't she's surprised. Know. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Edith's anger as well when they drive up and she realises what's going on. Yeah, she says, get them inside so I can leave. Yeah, why? Now, I struggled with that. Why can't she leave? Now. I understand they're in the truck. And she's driving. Oh, So was her plan to just run home? Mm. But it would look weird for her to just get out of the truck, nod to Bonnie and Jules, and then just set (laughs) off on foot. That would have been amazing, though. Like, there's no facade here. We all know what I am. Well, at least with Bonnie, there's no need to pretend. Jules doesn't know, but... I don't know. I mean, Jules thinks it's all silly, but... She thinks she's a superstitious old bag or whatever. Well, because of that comment, I think Jules deserves to see Edith run away. Yeah, again, it begs the question, if Bonnie was going to tell Charlie all of the supernatural history why hasn't she told her own daughter that's a very good well i suppose she has told jules jules just doesn't believe it because jules oh, knows the history fair. and the the tales she's just like oh it's just hearsay edith calls jules a child and Bo remarks that she isn't that much younger than him and edith says i know and i'm like so you are fully aware that you are dating a child edith <laughs> <laughs> But also, I say to Bo, Jules is at least two years younger, if not three. It's not that much younger, though, is it? It's not that much younger when you're in your 20s, but there is a difference between a 15 and a 17-year-old and the kind of choices you make and the way you go about the world. And I fully supported this when we were talking about it previously, but here, I kind of like that Bo's sticking up for Jules. Mm, yes, you make a good point. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. In this context, it's a defensive thing to say, don't call her a child. Yeah. We have a Holly Clearwater, not a Harry Clearwater. We do. And her famous fish fry. We think that we have now identified the few characters whose gender has not been swapped, and it's Charlie, Renee, and Marcus. 
and Phil. Yeah. So if Holly Clearwater makes fish fry, is Holly Clearwater going to die of a heart attack? And will Charlie end up with Holly Clearwater's widower husband? That's what I was hoping. In this instance, I'd prefer Charlie to get with Bonnie Black, but it does excite me for the potential of a Simon Clearwater out there. <laughs> who Charlie's going to really connect with after the tragic loss of Holly. We'll never know. So Bonnie and Bo have their face off. I enjoyed this, just like I enjoyed Bella and Billy having their back and forth. Bonnie says, maybe it's none of my business, but I don't think that's such a good idea. And Bo says, you're right. It is none of your business. And I'm like, boom. Yeah. Bo does come off harsh, but I understand. Yeah, I think it's necessary. Mm. Who is this busybody? Busy body Bonnie. Busy body Bonnie Black. Ooh. Bustling into Bo's business. So after Bonnie and Jules leave, Bo decides to clean up the house. <laughs> I've got yes. a few points here. The first is comparing to Twilight. In this interlude between Jacob leaving and Charlie arriving home, Bella changed her clothes and had a phone conversation with Jess about the dance. And that's all gone. Bo elects to stay in the outfit he's been wearing all day. But that's fine. Like, I'm not judging him for that. I'm just saying it's a choice. And Jess. We had Jess. We had a reference back to the dance, to the human goings on, that I think is lacking here because we have forgotten all about Forks High. I think that's intentional. Maybe. And also, do you really want Bo and Jeremy to have a phone call? Absolutely not. No, but I want Jeremy to be better. Maybe this phone call could be when Jeremy was like, I was at the dance and I realised I am the problem <laughs> and I'm going to educate myself and become a better person and a better friend to you. Anyway, but that's everything that doesn't happen. But what does happen is Bo cleans the house to deal with his anxiety for the upcoming gathering of the family. He's just finishing the bathroom when Charlie arrives home and he stacks the cleaning supplies in alphabetical order. Yeah. Now we had a conversation in our very last episode. Yeah, I know! About organisation and alphabetising. Do you think that these cleaning products, are they alphabetised by... Oh God! <laughs> the name of the cleaning product or the brand? Ooh. Does Domestos go on under D for Domestos or does it go under B for Bleach? You want to know what they're doing. I don't care about the brand. That's how I would have done it. Right, okay. So you would find Glass Cleaner... Under G. Not under W for yeah. Wendelene. <laughs> Your knowledge of cleaning product <laughs> brands is um, quite extensive. <laughs> yeah, I just... um. Spend a lot of time in those aisles. Wow! I love a cleaning product, Chloe. Wow. Well, I know you do. I would not be cleaning in this moment, I don't think. No. It's a very common thing to clean as a relief for stress and tension. So, I mean, good on him. It's... I mean, I would want to clean and make sure that it's tidy, even though it has already been in the house. And, and they're not returning to the house. And she's not going to use the toilet because she just coughs up anything that she accidentally swallows. I suppose she might do that in the toilet. Anyway, then Charlie comes home and stows his tackle. <laughs> yeah, so Charlie, 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 Charlie. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to have um, a whole new conversation. It does beg the question, can Charlie not be as protective over his son? than his daughter? Apparently not. Apparently not. Apparently it's all, are you going to pick her up? Make sure you treat her well. And I'm like, what about your son? Is he being treated well? Yeah. The initial reaction is more or less the same. He literally drops his fork. <laughs> he doesn't believe it. 
your fork falling from your hand is quite extreme, but he's really that shocked that his child has a date. Yeah. <laughs> but what we're led to believe in this version is that Charlie is shocked that Bo could get Edith. Yeah. That's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's not nice. It's just the whole thing stays relatively pleasant. In Twilight, he has, I think the word is thundered at Bella that Edward is too old for her. Whereas here, he asks, does that mean she's your girlfriend? And Bo's like, yeah. And then we get the delight of a little bit of information on Bo's thoughts where it gives him a sense of pride to be able to claim her. Ah! Kind of Neanderthal of him, he says. But there it is. She's my girlfriend. Piss off. And then Edith arrives. And I must say, I do quite enjoy the effect she has on Charlie. Really? Yeah, because I kind of want to have the same effect on him. (laughs) I'm sure you would. Thank you, thank you. I just don't think it's very appropriate with Edith. I know, I know it's so wrong, but it felt so good. (laughs) In the late hours of last night when I was reading this chapter, I was like, ooh. (laughs) Because I would much rather want Edith and Charlie together. And actually, is it age appropriate? Because Edith is still much older than Charlie. Oh, absolutely. It would look bad from the outside. It would, but they could run away to Alaska. Oh my god, it would be such a better book if this is the turning point where Edith realises she's another Charlie. You know what? We had Jacob and Renesmee, so... So, anything goes. This is much better than that. Anyway, moving on. We've got a monster jeep. (laughs) A monster jeep, and she's too small. For that jeep. How does she reach the pedals? Oh my god, such a good question. She maybe got those like, actually I don't know if this is a thing, aren't they like pedal extenders? Maybe, yeah. So then they arrive at the place that they need to stop the jeep and I guess run. And Edith kind of basically rides Bo. She gives him like a little lap dance. Yeah, it's like a dry humping. A little bit of frottage. Yeah. And that is to alleviate his fear of the piggyback. (laughs) Or to give him something to take his mind off it. Yeah. She's a horny little devil. At one point, she holds his face and lightly kisses each of his eyelids. To be fair, I do that sometimes. Really? Yeah. Mm, I don't think it would be my thing. (laughs) You don't really like to be touched. I don't like to be touched. (laughs) This is a good point. Any of this kind of physical intimacy. I was made for Corona. Um, (laughs) Any of this stuff where they're touching each other. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And then they arrive and he doesn't feel sick and he falls on his butt in the ground. And she laughs really hard. And I'm like, it's not that funny. You're 104. Grow up. I know. I mean, she was angry at him because he lost control, rightfully so. So I guess she's releasing some tension. When they have apologised to one another, though, and been all mushy... Edith tells Bo to be a good boy and she brushes her lips against Bo's. And the next sentence is, we stared at each other for a minute. My question is, (laughs) are they doing this while their lips are locked? (laughs) They're just staring at each other for a minute whilst kissing. A minute is a long time. Yeah. We're not going to do it, but I just want to imagine (laughs) if we were to stop and just have a minute of silence. It's very long. And it's really uncomfortable staring into someone's eyes for that long as well. Because you believe that they're seeing things that you don't want people to see. And you get a bit uncomfortable. 
Oh, and another thing. So after this minute of locking eyes and lips at the same time, they join the family and Edith runs to join her team. And Edith's run is described as heartbreakingly beautiful. How can someone's run be heartbreakingly beautiful? I hate myself for saying this, but you know, like I'm Phoebe from Friends. (laughs) I don't think anything that runs on two legs is that beautiful in motion. No. Because they all get described like animals. Yeah. I noted that Archie bounded like a stag. Mm. I looked back at Twilight and Alice's running was described as like a gazelle. Because of course, as we know, all gazelles are female. And then we get the little chat with Ernest, and I really appreciate Ernest keeping up the social distancing. Ernest kept a few feet farther away than was exactly normal for two people walking together. And um, in 2020, that is the normal way that we walk with people now. Ernest was ahead of his time. Now, the chat that Ernest and Beau have is very similar to Esme and Bella's. Again, I made this note last time. It's just very soon. Just to immediately be like, boom, my child died. Boom, I committed suicide. Boom, I'm fine now. Yeah, it is a lot. It's a lot. But I am glad that Ernest's story didn't change just because he's a man. He was upset that his child died and he couldn't live on. And I think, good, if that's Esme's stories, then that should be uh, Ernest. Ernest gets mentioned earlier on in the chapter. Remember when Charlie and Bo were talking and Charlie says, there's something about Ernest. (laughs) Which never happened with Esme. No. When Ernest is talking about... You should hear the arguments they get into. Actually, I hope you don't. You'd think they were raised by a pack of wolves. Bo says, you sound like my dad. That doesn't sound like Charlie at all to me. (laughs) I know. I think it's fun to have the Cullens play baseball because it's nothing to do with Bo and it's fun. I enjoyed revisiting this. Corrine is not refereeing. I thought that might happen. So I enjoy that Ernest is still the referee. It's good. Absolutely. I'm enjoying these little hints that we're getting at the family dynamic. And I really enjoyed Eleanor, actually. Yeah. The closer they are to their original characters, the better, because then it affirms this idea that we can just swap the genders and have no consequence even though... It's affected it quite greatly. It has affected it. <laughs> Little moments that do break from those normative gender roles are always really nice. And it's just a tiny bit where Jessamine put her arm around Archie, her posture protective, after Archie has his vision. Yes. Love it. I Love like to that. See it. So the visitors are coming. Drama. Uh, what a weekend these crazy kids have been having. And it's not over yet. No. It's still Sunday. Yeah, there it is. I... I'm so excited to meet the nomads. Okay. Oh, you're not? (laughs) (laughs) I I get it. It's hard to muster enthusiasm. I think the reason I'm excited is because, as we found with Twilight, this is where the story begins. (laughs) And it's taken so long to get into some action. Yeah. I want someone to die. I want blood. Just here for the drama. That's all I'm here for. Could you tell me what your... Let's do favourite first. Could you tell me what your favourite part of this chapter is? Yeah, uh, my favourite part is the baseball game. Them actually playing before the interruption. It's just nice for Bo to kind of fuck off really in the distance and for us to just watch vampires be vampires. Fair. What about you? I put Ernest. (laughs) I've not really elaborated on that in my notes. Um, I think I just liked him. There's something about Ernest, as Charlie says. There's something about 
honest. I thought he was sweet. It's nice to have a sweet father, but who doesn't have the weird thing we had in the other chapter where he wanted to applaud every time she touched him. Yeah. I just like to see a caring, sensitive man. Yeah, that is nice. Worst bit. My worst bit? Yes. My worst bit, you're going to disagree with, I think. Oh, no! My worst bit is Charlie's reaction to Edith. Oh, it's very problematic, but I just... I'm just craving the drama so much. I just want Charlie and Edith to have a meeting with Beau and say, we're leaving you, we're in love. I do not deny that that would be an incredible story. Yeah. It's just not this story. I know. And in this story, it's just slightly too much. It's good to be happy for him, but it's just slightly too much to be so taken aback, to be so breathless with it. Yeah, it's very American beauty, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Mm. My worst bit is I'm bored of any of the mushy gushy shit and I'm bored of Bo having absolutely no self-control. I'm done. Yeah, it's the worst part of all of this saga, really. (laughs) I mean, I know it's a romance story. It is a romance, but those scenes are never particularly well written. They're never particularly clear. I'm never really sure why exactly they're mad at each other. Like I can yeah. get there, but I have to really read closely to understand exactly why she's mad at him why he feels guilty, who actually instigated the physical contact, and so who is annoyed about what. Mm. I still don't understand why they're attracted to one another. No. And for a romance novel to work. (laughs) Burning question time. My question bit of a shallow one maybe but uh, i'd like to know (laughs) because they're all so deep usually so when edith shows up with her monster truck and beau's like where did this come from edith is like we remodeled one of the outbuildings into a garage how many outbuildings does cullen manor have how much property do they own because clearly that house was not it yes Interesting. I'm going to say five outbuildings. Right. The garage is probably 100, maybe 200 yards round the corner from the actual house, but hidden by the trees. Mm-hmm. There might also be like a mechanical workshop within that garage for Royal. I definitely think there's one by the lake. Beautiful lake house that you can stay in and also has the rowing boats. Maybe a yacht. They must have another one that they can turn into a cottage. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. so that must be in the middle of the woods. Um, maybe they have one where they can bird watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I feel like that's maybe Ernest's pastime. Yeah, but also they might use it to see what animals they could hunt. Oh, okay, okay. And then I really want, just selfishly, like a spa house where they have like a jacuzzi or a hot tub and like a massage room (laughs) where they have like a human slave that has to be their masseuse. (laughs) But then would a human really be able to massage a vampire? Because they'd be like granite. But they're soft to touch. Soft like marble, like smooth. Mm, True. And maybe they don't have any aches and pains, to be fair. Maybe just like a hot tub then. Because yes, they have the lake, but sometimes you want a little bit of luxury. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think a hot tub is good, especially because they don't have any natural body heat. Yes, yeah. And Edith says, doesn't she, when Bo is touching her, she says it's pleasurable to feel his body heat. Yes. Love it. Wow, it sounds like a beautiful property. I'd like to holiday at Cullen Manor. 
Thank you for joining us for chapter 17 of Life and Death. Join us next time for chapter 18, The Hunt. You can find us on social media by searching at ForksCast. And you can rate, review and subscribe to What the Forks wherever you listen. Until next time, take care and keep social distancing. And remember, there's something about Ernest. Ernest.